What's up, everyone? This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney, the Southside Bum, and welcome you back, Cousin John. We promised him he'd be back for the Bears Cleaning House Spectacular. Welcome back, Cousin John. Thanks, guys. Uh, coming from uh, Protocols. Yes, get well soon, my man. Um, so I was going to actually change the music intro to open the show. I was going to actually play Celebrate you know, celebration and good times. And then, then the press conference, my, my joy lasted for all of about four hours. Cause then McCaskey had to get up on the, on the zoom call and open his fucking mouth and then just r- ruin everything. All the joy and all the happiness I had this morning that the bears were actually going to do something right. And Ted Phillips wasn't going to be on the zoom call and we were finally going to get some changes. And then there is Ted Phillips, lo and behold, and George doesn't understand anything football. Sorry, I'm going on a little rant here, guys, because, and you can piggyback off this, because this is the same exact shit that happened last year, except without Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy with all the communication, collaboration, and shit. And now we got just another guy who doesn't, mommy's letting him play football president for another year because the board of directors, aka his family, decides that, hey, he can keep on going at the same fucking garbage and now we got 79-year-old Skeletor Bill Polian making the decisions again. This is Ernie Kosi all over again. He's just going to pick some guy and then get the fuck, cut this bag, get the fuck out of here. And we're going to be stuck doing this same song and dance another five years down the road because they're going to pick the wrong fucking guy. And he's going to report to George McCaskey. And McCaskey's going to say wins and losses are the only thing that matters. And it's not going to be anything that's changing. And time is a flat circle. The more things change, the more they stay the same. All right. Go ahead, guys. I mean, yeah, dude, you nailed it. It was exactly what I had written down. I had half a day of happiness, if that. They announced the pace firing along with Nagy, which was the big thing that we weren't sure about. You know, we we heard the rumors that he was safe and that they loved him and stuff. And when the ball dropped five minutes after the Nagy news, I was excited. But that lasted all of four hours, like you had said. It's it's we are in like Dante's nine circles of hell. It's Groundhog's Day. It's the horse and the carrot. We're just chasing something that we're never going to get. It is crazy how bad that press conference was. Um, and I shouldn't be surprised because he only does a press conference every year. And every year it's the same, like just nonsensical, clueless, um, out of touch with reality bullshit from the bears front office. So yeah, I mean, we'll break it down uh, piece by piece because I have a lot written down, but just for, from the beginning, dude, it is, it's, it's groundhog's day over and over again. And, and it's, I don't know what we expected. Maybe it's just to hand up. I'm stupid. Um, I got my hopes up. We got excited. Nagy's out pace is out. Here we go again. Like, here we go. Something could change. Nothing changed. Everything stays the same. Yeah, it's it's super funny because I, you know, I text you all this morning uh, and I tr- you both both nailed it. I mean, I, I truly feel like that, uh, like the clown meme that you see, you know, where it's like Matt Nagy fired and I'm drawing on the lipstick. Yes. You know, Brian Pace fired. I'm drawing on the nose like 
That's exactly how I feel this this morning. I text y'all. I was super pumped. Like, I, and we knew Nagy was coming. Um, I was concerned with pace. That was where my concern, because we saw a lot of conflicting reports that, you know, they really loved him. You know, he's really likable within the organization. And obviously that's what's valued more than wins and losses in that organization. So uh, it, it felt like he was going to be retained and quite possibly promoted. So when he got fired, I was ecstatic, you know, I was super excited. Uh, and then, you know, I think with the press conference today that happened after I'm, I'm just like Florida. I'm honestly, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed with the bears organization because they continue to do stupid things and still have like the craftsmanship and the mastery to figure out how to do it even more stupid the following time. Uh, and it's, it's honestly, it's, it's impressive. Hold, it's hold my, hold my beer stupidity. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, how do you, how do you do it? How do you continue to function as a, uh, you know, supposed first-class organization uh, and continue to just say stupid thing after stupid thing. And then the next year you're like, I'm going to one, one up that thing and I'm going to top it. And, but they find a way. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, the next, next year at, uh, you know, the next press conference that we have when they fire the next GM and coach, I mean, they're going to tell us they're all Packers fans. I'm, I'm very sure of it. That's, that's gotta be the next bombshell because I don't know how you top not being a football guy and just being a fan. That's. Well, yeah. Johnny, what you got? Um, just basically what I've been preaching every single time since like last year, um, nothing's going to change unless the McCaskies are gone. Um, I think, I think everybody on the, you know, the writing was on the wall with Nagy. Everybody knew he was gone. Um, it was inevitable, you know, the pace thing kind of you know, surprised me a little bit. Cause I thought, you know, they might've like either promoted him like somewhere else in, in the bears organization, but that was, you know, good for them. I thought for some long shot that Phillips would have been next on that list as well too. But, you know, McCaskies being the McCaskies, um, they just put a Debbie Downer on this whole day when everybody was all excited, you know, about, you know, the GM and, and the coach gone, you know, getting our hopes up high. And then all of a sudden here, here they are like, you know, talking all this nonsense again. Um, nothing's going to change. I mean, I mean, I see some of the stuff that, that that's coming out, some of the reports that, that, you know, they're already starting to like uh, asking permission or interviews with like Doug Peterson and some, uh, well, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to those. Yeah. Get to those but later. what I'm saying, but, but what I have, what I'm saying is that they're going backwards with this whole thing is they're, they're, you know, I thought you're supposed to get the GM first before hire, hire the fucking him. GM first. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like everything's backwards. It's all, it's the same bullshit again. So it doesn't, for me, it's, it's not something that I'm really excited about because I feel like they're going to fuck this up once again. And this is going to be the same old bullshit that, that we're dealing with, with like, you know, the past, like what, since the 85 bears or something like that. I mean, it just feels like it's the same shit. So um, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Um, I just feel like it's just a, a reoccurring carousel. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super funny. Cause I, you know, you brought up something too with like Ted Phillips and I forgot to mention that too. Like the fact that they said that Ted Phillips is going to do nothing with football going forward. He's going to be moving towards the stadium yet. He is going to be in charge of hiring the next GM that will not report Dumb. to him, but report straight to George McCaskey, who self-admittedly knows nothing about football. Uh, I think, again, it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and you're right. They literally learned nothing from the last time. They hired John Fox 
for Ryan Pace. That wasn't Ryan Pace's choice. We all know that whether, you know, that I'm sure that's going to come out at some point, whether it has or not already, but they literally learn nothing from that. You know, like you have to hire the GM first, let the GM pick the head coach, let them pick the coaching staff, but it's got to start from the top and, and they just continually do things ass backwards. It's just, it's their MO and it's, it's, it's literally par for the course. This is who they are. Yeah. And it's stupid of us to think it was going to change. I've got the stats, the Ted Phillips, 23 years with the bears. He's lost 10 or more um, games in a season, nine times. They only have three playoff wins under his regime. George has been there for 11 years, no playoff wins under his regime. And they still have the audacity to go out there and say, we trust that we could get it right. They haven't gotten it right. They've never gotten it right. And he just talks out of both sides of his mouth. You guys mentioned it where he says, I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. And then he goes on and says that he has the final say in, in who's getting hired. So like what, like in what world he's living in a fantasy land talking out of both sides of his mouth. It's like, it's it like the spoiled no fucking kids who, you know, I mommy, I want that new toy. And you know? that's the thing. So that's the thing that that the main issue is they don't give a fuck about the fans and they really don't care about wins and losses because they keep making money. The NFL is a cash cow. So in their eyes, they are a successful business. They're making money and that's all they give a fuck about. And I could rant and rave and we could care and cry and everything we do. They don't give a fuck about it because as long as we're filling their pockets, it's going to be the same cycle over and over again. Yeah. You hit it on the nail. Exactly. What I was about to say is that they don't, they they're, they're getting money regardless because they know that the bears fans will, will come every single year. They'll have their season tickets. They're waiting with their waiting list is almost 20 years. They'll know they'll get season ticket, ticket hold, uh, you know, ticket holders. Um, that just been waiting for, you know, and this whole thing with Arlington, this possible move going to Arlington as well, too. They're going to make money. They're going to, they're going to figure it out. Cause they, you know, it, it just bears fans. We love misery. I mean, that's just the way we are. We just love misery. You know, we've been dealing with this shit same old thing. I mean, it's the Chicago way, right? Uh, you know, John with, with, with the Cubs fan with, you know, the, with the Cubs, us with the white Sox. um, you know, 20 years for, of bad, for, bad bulls basketball. Bulls, just everything in general. I mean, it just, we're, that's just the way we are. We love our teams and we love misery. I mean, it just, it's connected. It's the Chicago way. Um, but yeah, the, the McCaskies, they know that we're going to, we're going to come every single year. They don't give it. Yeah, they're right. They don't give a shit about us and they're going to keep on doing regardless of what they think that they're the right ways. Okay. We're going to turn, you know, we're going to listen to the fans and we're going to fight. You know, we hear you guys, we're going to fire pace. We're going to fire Nagy and all that it's going to be the same thing over and over again. I, I just, I just don't trust this regime, this ownership to take us to the next level um, to be like, you know, I hate to say this, but I mean, to be like the Packers or to be like the Steelers or to be like the Patriots or all these successful organizations who go to the playoffs year in, year out. I want to be part, of, even if we're not going to the Super Bowl, it's nice to know that my team is successful, that we're getting into uh, the playoffs and we have a shot. Like, you know, it's just, it's just upsetting that it's like how you said, they just don't give a shit about bears fans. See, the thing about successful teams like that is that people are held accountable. And in this front office, you get away with murder because there's no one to say otherwise. Jason, you mentioned um, somebody asked um, George McCaskey why he thought um, 
he was still fit to like run the football operations. And he says, well, I, I, um, report to the, you know, board of governors or the chair or the chair people of the, the board of directors of the bears. That's his family. So like, who yeah. the fuck is going to fire him? Like, you're not reporting to anybody, dude. It's like, yeah, it, that's what I'm, that's why I said doxies motherfuckers, because I, I, I we need cancel culture to yeah. get this it's going not, here because it's you, not you like there's let, outside you the little You let the spoiled little brat who I just found out today on Wado and Sylvie doesn't even he, he went to broadcasting school in college. So he was, he's going to be a, he was he wanted to be a broadcaster like. And he's running. He's the president of the fucking charter NFL franchise. So mommy let him have the new shiny toy because she's old and decrepit and doesn't know how to do anything. Like you're the family of fucking George Hallis. Football should be in your veins. That's all you should fucking know is football. They're not the family of George Hallis. That's the problem. That's the other side of the family. Just through penis and vaginas that should all just transfer (laughs) and. Be football in the veins. I love <laughs> they how were... you just. I love how you just keep shitting on this old lady. Like it's <laughs> it's honestly I mean, so hilarious. <laughs> at this point, it's true though, right? Like ninety nine years old. What does what does Ted Phillips have on this old lady? I, I tweeted out nudes. It's got to be something, <laughs> right? Like only Ted Phillips could keep his job over over twenty three years of futility. Yeah, it's she's never gonna fire her son. We all know that, you know, so I don't know what he has to do to finally shit the bed and leave. I mean, obviously she has to go and then sell the, then the team will be sold and then someone will come in and fire his ass. But like he's, I shout out to Mark Potash because he actually asked like the tough questions and like challenges like George McCaskey, and he was saying, well, you said yourself you based your success on wins and losses, and you haven't won shit in 20 years, so why are you still on the helm? And he's like, he basically just mum- looked at his little fucking notes and did his talking points and how, you know, they're going to get it right this time, and yay, and kumbaya, and go fuck yourself, George. It's because mommy let him, you know? She was very, very disappointed, but ultimately, <sighs> you know... He's going to get a timeout, George. He's and a the, good boy. I mean, we can make all the jokes we want, but at the end of the day, we're the ones that are mad. We're the ones that I spent all day pissed off on the internet. And it's like, what good does that do me? But we're the ones that care. And we're the only ones that care at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you nailed it, Peter. I mean, honestly, it's something that you said was honestly the best quote. You know, they, they don't need to deem themselves a successful organization because they already deem themselves a successful business. And you're right. They make money. So what's the incentive? Yep. Um, and I guess I got kind of want to just like break down some of this uh, stuff that was some of these quotes from George McCaskey as well. Um, new GM, we said that we was going to report directly to him, not to Ted anymore. And the new GM is going to have full autonomy. So basically, he's going to be GM and president of football ops. But that's basically what Ryan Pace did. Nobody had, an, I mean, nobody said no to Ryan Pace either. Yeah, because when you don't have a football guy running your team, like he's gonna say, "Yeah, that's a bad idea. I don't like it." Yeah, he's gonna be. They're... Yeah. So, um, there was a lot of Ted Phillips dick sucking on that, which, I, again, I don't get it. He, 
Now I hope that he's really going to be focusing on. I really hope he's going to be focused on the construction of the new stadium, which by the way, it sounded like they weren't even like committed to that. Like, I don't know if they're not trying to play their hand or show their hand or yeah, something. But I think like, that was more, that was more of them, you know, like obviously they want to keep all venue or like avenues open. Even if they're out of Chicago, they want to say we we can still negotiate with the city of Chicago. Um, you don't, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, especially the, like the closing of the deal is like, hasn't happened and it probably won't happen for another like year or so. Yeah. So they got this consortium of people. It's the five man crew. It's George, Ted, um, Soup Campbell. Who the fuck names their kids Soup Campbell? Like you must have really loved Campbell Soup or something growing up because that is that's up there with, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin's kids names. And um, OK, so Soup Campbell, I thought I, honestly, I thought they were saying Sue. I thought it was like a female Sue, but apparently Sue Campbell's been in the organization for a while now. Um, it's one of these guys behind the scenes. It's a yes, man, basically. Yeah. And then they got um, another person, um, diversity, like a diversity expert, inclusion expert. Um, I can't remember yeah. the name. And that's a, a, a position that they just started this year. And I felt bad for her because she's going to get dragged through the mud just by association. I mean, you, you, <laughs> You get associated with Ted Phillips and George McCaskey, your your persona non grata too. So we got you better start remembering her name because she's gonna be part. She's getting dragged too. And then you get, like I said, Mister Skeletor himself, Bill Fucking Polian, hasn't been in the league for ten years, but somehow still has his toe dipped into the NFL waters, and he's told George all the all the right answers that he wanted to hear during his phone conversations, which by the way, he doesn't remember having because maybe he's just old and decrepit himself. But uh, I just, just say you had conversations mid season. That's all you, you know, he's trying to play it off. Like he wasn't trying to plan on firing Nagy and pace. And this was all spontaneous. It wasn't. You so know, here's but- the problem. Here's one of the many problems I have with Bill Polian and Jason, you mentioned it is like, he's, he's working as an outside consultant. Same reason like Ernie Accorsi last year. So I mean, you're getting seven years ago, right? So yeah, seven years ago, last time. Um, so you're getting in the ear of the McCaskies and kind of guiding them in a way. But at the end of the day, you leave and like you have there, like I said, there's no accountability to them because they could get it right, right or wrong. If they get it wrong, whatever. I was just a consultant. I wasn't really. So if you really like Bill Polian, and I'm not saying to do this, Make them your GM, like make them accountable. If you really love them and you keep saying like, oh, like he quoted his book, like at least six, seven times in the, in the interview. And it's like, I'm convinced he just read, he read one book a year. It was Bill Polian's book. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is the guy. Um, but like you said, 10 years out of the league, 79 years old, he had, um, I mean, he's famous for the last couple of years. He had um, Lamar Jackson as a very good wide receiver prospect. So that's the guy that's in charge of and in the quarterback building in your franchise. It's it's brutal. Wait, and who do you say was the best quarterback in 2017? Like Chris, Chris something, I forget. But basically, know, but he, having he basically MVP he didn't have Mahomes or Watson as the best quarterback in in that 2017 draft. So, yeah, he's got his real pulse on the on the the scene right now. Well, you guys said it. I mean, there's just, there's no hierarchy of football knowledge in that building. I mean, there's, there's zero. 
you know, they, if I get like hiring these consulting firms because they clearly don't have a grasp on anything football, but then where's your VP of football operations? You know what I mean? Like this is, this is, and I, I know I said it on the last cast, this is the Cubs all over again. You know, the Cubs were infatuated with Crane Kenny. They loved Crane Kenny. And he was a failed, like, you know, baseball executive and baseball ops executive because he knew nothing about baseball. He was a business guy. And then when they finally moved him over to the business side of baseball and they hired Theo Epstein, you saw what the organization actually did. They were able to, you know, funnel talent from a baseball level because they had a baseball guy who knows baseball and they let Crane Kenny focus on the business side and focus on the finances. And that's what I was hoping would happen with Ted Phillips. You know, if he's a great business guy and that's what they see in him and that's what they value. Great. Let him work on, you know, Arlington, let him work on whatever stadium is coming next. Let him develop that. Let him make the team money. Because again, if that's the most important part to, you know, part to them is the business side. Great. But where, where are your football people? You can't. And I don't even think like they don't have any football people. They don't. And I, I don't think like even hiring a GM to just run everything is the problem either. There's literally no hierarchy in that organization yeah. with football knowledge. They need yeah. a VP of football ops. They need a, a, a general manager. They need an assistant general manager. They need, you know, someone who's head of scouting, you know, and, and like you said, uh, you got guys like soup candle Campbell, who's going to be picking the next GM. He's uh, he's a vice president of player engagement. Like what, what does that even mean? What does that have to do with football? Like, I mean, I, I appreciate that they care what the players think and, and they want their, their input on the next GM and all those things. But what does that have to do with book with actual football, the X's and O's of the game, you know, and, and for the record, his name is not actually soup. It's Lamar, but soup is a much better name. Cause. Also, all right. Okay. Way, well, that, if there that, is one, that soup makes Campbell me happy. Chicago, that, that it's name Brian Campbell. Yeah. That's soupies. That's the real yes. soupy. Soup is taken. Soup Campbell yeah, is taken. That's the real soupy. Okay. Well, then it makes me happy that some parent wasn't out there and said, I'm going to name my kids soup. Okay. Minestrone, so, Minestrone Fonseca. Uh, let's talk some, let's talk some rumors here. Um, so right now on the wires we got, they're going to interview, which again, we're seeing all these head coaches going to be interviewed yeah. when so we don't, you we even don't even know the names, if the GM wants this head coach because that's, they even said that question asked that question, well, why aren't you going to hire a GM first? And they said, well, if we were like a head coach, we're going to basically shove it down the GM's throat, Ryan Pace, John Fox style. So again, this organization learned nothing from 2014. But so far we got uh, Bill's Bill's offensive defensive coordinators, uh, Leslie Frazier and um, Brian DeBall. Um, We said that we really liked the the DeBall based on what he did with... uh, Last year. Yeah. Not so much this year with Josh Allen, but he had a good track record with developing him. Um, and then we also got um, uh, the good dude from the Colts, uh, Morocco Brown. Um, That's for uh, the GM position. GM for GM position. Um, I really don't want anyone, anyone to anything to do with someone from an organization that traded for Carson Wentz, but apparently he's pretty good in Colts, Colts draft room, which is so what we I need. Got- I did a little research on these guys that were rumored. There's a couple guys okay. rumored from the Browns, and it li- literally, it's very much the Bears um, to be like, "Oh, the Browns are good last year. Let's get somebody from the Browns when they've been just as bad as the Bears for the last part of 20 years." But uh, Morocco Brown, that was a name that was floated out this morning. 
And I immediately be like, who's this guy? I didn't know anything about him. Colts fans like him a lot. Um, for those that don't know, he has gotten no, he has drafted notable Colts like Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, Julian Blackman, Michael Pittman, Anthony Walker, Marlon Mack, and Rocky Asin. Um, basically the, the Colts, I mean, we could talk about later in the like the playoff preview. The Colts had seven pro bowlers, a goddamn MVP candidate, and they still missed the playoffs. It wasn't um the personnel's fault. And if Morocco Brown has something to do with the roster construction, that's a pretty good roster. Both sides of the ball, um, the Colts are pretty decent. And his specialty is drafting. So that's something we've lacked for the better part of, you know, 15 Forever. years. And yeah. so, so if they are focused on Morocco Brown, um, I, that was a name I didn't know about, but now looking at his resume, it seems like it's, it's not too shabby. I think I, I think I still would r- rather have Trace Armstrong. No. So that's the thing. So if you want to talk about um, like president or GMs um, candidates, the, the ones out there right now, Louis Riddick, Trace Armstrong, and Morocco Brown were the three big ones um, earlier today. And I, I think either one of them, I, we talked about Trace Armstrong before. I think he's a very interesting uh, name. Um, Louis Riddick has expressed interest and talked about how much he would want a job like this. Although his track record is like, we don't know how good he would be. I like him as an analyst, but th- we don't know how that translates. Um, so yeah, I, I thought if, of those names, I would really like Trace Armstrong because of what he brings to the table and his connections. What do you guys? You know, honestly, I really wanted, I, I thought Lewis Riddick was, probably the choice that I would go with. I think just his actual football knowledge. I think he's younger. He's closer to the game now today than somebody like, you know, they have the consultant like a Bill Polian or something like that, where, you know, these guys had proven track records like 20 years ago, you know, and, and have really proven at that level, but the game has changed, you know, and it's, we all see it. It's just like anything, it becomes more analytical and, um, you know, it becomes more about player development and starting these guys really young and getting them there, you know, getting them out there on the field right away and giving them that experience. Um, so I honestly, I would have loved to see, uh, you know, Lewis Riddick, you know, he had his hand in, you know, the Eagles organization, you know, before they risen to like Super Bowl aspirations. Um, so I, I would go for him, but to be honest, like, I don't even, I think it, it doesn't matter. I think whoever they pick GM wise or head coach wise, I think we're always going to second guess it. And we're always going to like, we're just going to throw it back and say, you know, this is a great hire, but then we'll go back and think, well, you know, for instance, if they go out and get somebody like Morocco, right. Who is, uh, you know, proven that he could draft in Indianapolis. We thought pace could draft in new Orleans, you know, that he was part of the player personnel. And we were like, man, we're getting somebody great from such a great organization like New Orleans that have proven that they can draft talent, they can develop them, you know, they can hire a great coach like Sean Payton, they can find a great, you know, quarterback like Drew Brees and trade for him. And then, you know, we get the dud and Ryan Pace. So I I think it doesn't really matter, to be honest, you know, call me a, a, a nihilist at this point. But, you know, what what faith do you really have that they can get any of this right, you know? I mean, yeah. what higher, what, what higher would you say with a hundred percent confidence that they nailed it? You, you won't because it's, it's George McCaskey picking it. And I forgot to mention that Doug Peterson is also. So now if you want to go into the coaches thing, Johnny, you mentioned it. 
Um, I don't even want to talk coaches right now because we shouldn't be talking coaches until we talk GM. Hire a GM first and don't do this thing ass backwards. The way that George McCaskey talked about it, you talked about it, Jason, of like, if there's a coaching candidate that we really like, we're going to interview them and, and they'll possibly hire them before they hire a GM. You said it. It's, it's Fox and Pace all over again. Same thing happened with Lovey and uh, Emery. Like they have a history of doing this shit ass backwards and they just don't learn from their mistakes. So yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of coaching candidates out there. Um, but like you said, what, what good does it do us if we don't trust the people hiring them? So it, it basically we're right now we're, we're hoping for like a Hail Mary last ditch, like throw fucking spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks because like they're literally, we don't know what we're doing. Like as a franchise, we don't know what we're doing. And if we do by some grace of God, pick a winner, it's by blind luck because it isn't by skill. You know, and I think they're leaving the door open, honestly, to, to hire a head coach before the GM, because I think that they're, they're leaving that door open for the anticipation that they might find a head coach like Ryan Day, for instance, and they'll bring him in and he gets to choose who the GM is going to be and who he's going to partner with. And maybe they're waiting for Jim Harbaugh to show interest and maybe have him come over and pick his GM, who he wants it to be, and he can pick all his head coaches you know, maybe it'll be a situation where they they find a candidate they, they, they think is a really strong head coach, like a Bill Belichick type, who is going to be the head coach, but really will be the mastermind of the entire organization, you know, filling the teams with, uh, you know, draft picks and everything like that. So I think that's why they're they're leaving that door open. I don't know if I, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just pure stupidity on their part, or maybe my part for even believing that, but I think that's that's kind of the case is that they they might let the next head coach if they find that the candidate that they want will let them have a say in who the GM is going to be. And at this point, I think that would be a problem, too, because in what world, be, unless your name is Bill Belichick, in what world do you give head coach full autonomy to run your organization? We saw how that worked out with the Texans. We've seen it time and time again. Um, that's not how you run an organization. We've talked about structure and leadership. And, you know, from top to bottom, if you're hiring a head coach and letting him hire the player personnel departments and the scouting departments and then the GM and stuff like that, again, it's ass backwards. I get it, like leave like uh, options open, but man, that just seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, did I miss out Brian Leftwich? Did he, did they make a request for him? Or did I? No, or did I at least not okay. yet. Okay. Um, Johnny, you know, you're the big, uh, big 10 guy here. You want, you want hardball? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I forgot what, uh, what state it, uh, it was on ESPN. It seems that, I mean, his track record in the NFL, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, he went to, uh, three NFC title games and went to obviously a Super Bowl, um, but there was a there was something that they were mentioning is that it just seems that he also wears out his welcome, Big like time. where he goes. So like every like four to five years that he's in an organization, it just pretty much something happens in between like year three or year four, and all of a sudden like, yep, I can do it without you. 
it's kind of like the same thing with Michigan right now. Like, you know, right now he's been there for a while. Like, yeah, he, you know, he toppled the, you know, the dragon and beating Ohio state uh, this year um, and, you know, winning the big 10 championship. Um, but I mean, the, the team got slaughtered in, the, in, in that uh, playoff series and now he's doing this whole thing where I think it's just leverage that he's just trying to get like more money out of Michigan right now. You know, I'm not quite sure if he does, if he really does want to go back to the NFL or not. I mean, I'm sure there's more than plenty of teams that would want to take him. you know, the bears, um, especially that he has ties with, you know, with the organization as a quarterback, but um I don't know, man. I mean, that, that's the one thing that worries me is that, yes, he will get the best out of his players. I'm pretty sure now that Fangio is like, you know, open, you know, as a, uh, you know, probably go back as defensive corner somewhere that if Jim Harbaugh does get a coaching position, I'm sure that he's going to want to take Vic Fangio with him as well, too. That's um, what Waddle said. Yeah, there might be some something that, you know, you might want to look for as well, too, that Fangio might be just be weighing and seeing like, you know, what Harbaugh might be doing. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, I could do, I could do with or without it. Um, is it, is a better, uh, choice than Nagy? Yes. You know, I, I, I just think that, you know, he probably would get a, um, more out of his players than what Nagy has, but I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's just hard because, you know, the bears right now they're in draft capital hell. Um, they actually, don't have that's, any- not, that's not true right now. So apparently they're going to be top ten in salary cap next season with all the I'm sorry, free not, agents. Not, not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As far as having draft picks, yeah, um, draft capital. Sorry, yeah, I, draft I'm, capital. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, did I heard. say I did say that? Right? Yeah, draft capital. Yeah, yeah they, you they did. just don't I, I, I'm being draft. dumb. No, no, you're good. You're good. So the, the the draft um right now it you know thanks to to, to pace. You know, the next GM that comes in here, he has to fix everything that's been going on. Yeah, I did hear that that we have like a pretty decent amount of cap to work with, with all the like releases with all the players that we're not going to sign. You know, thank you for your services, Hicks and and Graham and and whoever else that we, we're going to let go um, or not going to resign. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. As far as Harbaugh, man, it's just I'm kind of 50 50 on it. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on, but I just I, I don't know. No, I think I think you're right about Harbaugh. I think you're you kind of mentioned something that most people really are not talking about is that he has he has the you know the track record that he's worn out as welcome, um, you know, and I think he's he's probably great with young guys, you know, and it's probably why he went to college. It's why most you know failed head coaches in the NFL or you know coaches that move on to college or they know that they can go to at the college ranks. They can, you know, verbally beat up on the kids because they'll take every bit of it because they're trying to get to the big show. Um, but I'm sure it wears out. It's welcome with a lot of the veterans. And I mean, like if you're trying to bring some top talent to Chicago, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to attract some of that, you know, veteran talent, if, if you got somebody that people don't want to play for. And I think, you know, as far as head coach, you know, I don't know if he's the right person for Justin Fields and, that might be the other other aspect out of this whole thing, right? Is that when they pick a head coach and if they pick one before a GM, it better be because it's for Justin Fields. Cause that's the yeah. only thing that really matters right now is that whoever they pick has, has to either have a really solid relationship with quarterbacks or with Justin Fields specifically, or has a track record to show that they can develop a young quarterback and turn them into something special. Cause that's, that's literally the, the only 
thing they need to focus on right now for a head coach. I just have one quick thing because you, you, there was there's a word that you said there, attraction, and especially looking at this uh, this um, this this um, McCaskey. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word here. Um, circus. Yes, basically. Thank you, circus. Um, let's just say you know they say like, oh, you know, I think you know Harbaugh would be a good coach or you know whoever. In that interview that McCaskey did, you know, today, I'm sure there's coaches out there that are seeing this or potential candidates and out there, and they're looking at this, especially the thing that happened with with uh, with Arenas a couple of years ago. Maybe some of these coaches that you know are very desirable that you know the Bears want to get, they're looking at this and they're like, "Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I want to go there." I mean, I, I mean, just look at this organization. Like, what makes you think that we're going to get the person that we want too? Yeah, Johnny, I, I, they mentioned that on the radio as well. And the one thing I will say, um, regardless of the shit show in the front office, um, Chicago is still, quote unquote, you know, a charter franchise in the NFL. And if you are this A-type personality, this like alpha type winner, wouldn't you have the ego to be like, I'm going to be the one that turns it around? Because I know Harbaugh is that type of guy. Um, and that's the reason why he kind of wears out his welcomes. And I've been adamant that I I didn't want Harbaugh at the Bear in the Bears organization. And Waddle said something that kind of turned me around on it. One, it's his track record record of winning everywhere he goes. Obviously, um, his um, his time in Stanford built that program from nothing to you know beating USC multiple times and and developing Andrew Luck. Um, people forget that um, Andrew Luck loves. Um, Jim Harbaugh and yeah 44 19 and one is pretty damn good with the San Francisco 49ers you're not going to find better records than that the one thing I was worried about I mentioned like one in five against Ohio State and if you can't beat Ohio State you can't beat Green Bay but prove like if they do tie you know like a Vic Fangio defensive coordinator or like a, a really good defensive coordinator with Jim Harbaugh I wouldn't be opposed to it only because even if he does wear out his welcome for five years down the road, he probably will leave the franchise better than what, like where we're at now. So if we, if this is a long process and we need building, we're not going to turn this around overnight. And Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys that builds franchises because he's done it with Stanford. He did it with San Francisco and he's doing it with Michigan State, Michigan, or I mean, Michigan, Michigan is, was bad under Rich Rodriguez and all this stuff. And he's kind of he has turned it around finally this year where um, they're in a they're in good shape. So as much as I've been adamant that I don't want Jim Harbaugh, I think there's a lot worse we can do. One of them being Doug Peterson. I want nothing to do with him. Fuck that. How about a, a fun little throw in here? Jim Harbaugh, Bears has coach uh, bringing in Vic Fangio. And then uh, Andrew Luck is the quarterback's coach. I like it. I, that works, man. It, <laughs> you mentioned it right away. I, I, we, I've been harping on Ryan Day only because of the whole Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray type situation where I want anything and everything to revolve around Justin Fields. Like the way he goes, our franchise goes for the next five years. So I want to. 10 years. Yeah. Coddle him 
protect him, get as much out of him for, I mean, get, get him comfortable, develop him is the main part, develop him and make him comfortable in whatever offense you're running. Because as, as, as good as Justin Field goes, the Chicago bears are going to go. It's, it's, you know, it's for the next 10 years. It's, it's for right. the next decade. Anytime you draft a quarterback, it's a decade, whether it's good, good or bad, because you have to draft a guy, develop him the first two, three years, let him grow into that fourth or fifth year, and then potentially resign him after his rookie contract for an extended amount of years. And if they don't look at what happened with Trubisky, that was a 10 year process because they drafted him seven years ago. And was it seven or six years ago? 2017. So that's six years ago. So yeah. six years ago, they drafted this guy and fields is going to take another, you know, one, you know, one to two years to develop, to be maybe a good quarterback. So that's nine years right there. So they have to get it right. They have to get somebody that they can pair up with Justin Fields because he has to be successful. There's no, there's no 50, 50 here. He needs to be the guy. He has to be successful. Cause if he's not organi- organizations F for another 10, 20 years easily. Um, no pressure, Justin. No pressure. Yeah. No. All right. We've been ranting about the Bears for almost 45 minutes now. And I got a couple other things I want to talk about. So I'm going to transition over here. Trust me, there'll be plenty more to rant and rave about next week on the Bumcast because I'll probably still fuck this up but some more. I could go for another two hours legitimately. Yeah. I'm so mad. Yeah. I'm so mad. Um, so I just want to, before we talk about uh, the NFL playoff picture that's, that's starting this weekend, I just want to say that the um, battle of the kickers in the BCS championship game is what we all expected, right? Because it's end of the third quarter right now, well, nearly the end of the third quarter, and it's uh, six to nine in favor of nice. Alabama. So the high scoring blowout that we all ex- all were anticipating has been replaced by battle of the kickers. So this is a freaking army Navy game or like uh, I said, a big 10 game. It's Purdue, Indiana or some bullshit. This is not what I expected. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, do you guys all throw that money on the Alabama, Alabama. money line? I got it. Yeah. And I like, re- yeah, it's Alabama money line. I also took Alabama like reverse points. I thought they were going to win by at least a touchdown. So I had plus money on Alabama, which is nice, but if as long as they, you know, kick, kick a couple more field goals, I guess we'll be okay. I, I don't think I ever watched a college football championship game where I was vastly disappointed, especially when it's Alabama, Georgia. That's this is literally imagine paying all that money to go see field goals. Oh, thank you. <sighs> Feel bad for them. Um, all right, so NFL playoffs begin this this weekend with the. Super wild card weekend because apparently there's no more uh, top team, top two teams get a first round buy anymore. It's only the one team. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys think of the new format. I kind of don't like it. Well, it's, kind of, it was it happened last year. That's how the Bears got in the, I, against but, the Saints. But they just expand. They expanded. They didn't give. They get. They still gave a first round buy to the top two teams. No, I believe they made it. Eight. Top, Did they make it no, eight? Just, no, it's it's the same as last year. This year is yeah, the same as last it, year. Either way, top it's it's the, it's the reason Matt Nagy kept his job for another season. So no, if we want to rag on the playoff format, that's the reason why I'm mad about it. But I'm excited for these games. Um, I dude, if if the playoffs are anything like Sunday Night Football's game last game last uh, yesterday, well, we're that in was, for a treat because holy that was shit, intense. that game. Um, 
So yeah, we'll two, talk about that Two later, seconds got, from a tie and Steelers I got not a couple getting bums. in. I got a couple bums related to Sunday Night Football. So <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, all right. So one thing I noticed this weekend that there's no weird start times. They actually gave normal football start times and not your random 2.17 p.m. kickoff time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go – I'm just going to give you guys my picks. Um, I'm picking right off the bat Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl. Well, that's no fun. That's everybody's uh, prediction. Yeah, but I was right last year. With like my, I was right last year with my pick when I said Tampa Bay-KC. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm going Packers and Chiefs. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> I thought we we're gonna go game by game. I mean, I mean, we can. I mean, we're, we're you know we can spitball this real quick because. Yeah, um, I mean, the the one thing I was gonna be I was gonna say is like the Raiders Bengals game. The Bengals man, they've got what, what what is the the stat I had like written down? They haven't won a playoff game in twenty years or something like since nineteen ninety nine or something like that. Carson Palmer's. It's been a while. And if they were ever going to win a game, it's against the Raiders, even though the Raiders have been hot of late. And I want to give credit to the Raiders, dude. I hadn't realized, obviously, they've gone through some shit this season <laughs> between um, Chucky getting fired and the email scandal and then Henry Ruggs and his car accident, killing a person and stuff like that. A lot of teams would have folded under that microscope and under that circus, basically. And somehow they've been finding ways to win. So I just wanted to give credit to the Raiders. And that being said, I think the Bengals' offense is just too uh, too good right now. They've been hot. So I've yeah. got the I've got the I've got the Bengals in that one. Is anyone taking the Raiders? Because I think we're at consensus here that Bengals are going to win. I'm going to take yep. the Raiders. How are you? I'm taking the Raiders. All right, you got hey you you got you got a lone wolf it. Put that put the little hat on and. Well, you know what it is, is I had uh, Joe Burrow as my fantasy quarterback all year. So, you know, every time I, I plugged him in thinking he was going to have a big game, he failed me. So I don't want to say that he's going to win this game outright because every time I put my money on Joe Burrow, he's he's put up a dud. And you know, I know they're playing hot football right now. The offense has looked really great. Jamar Chase has been out of this world right now. The running game is pretty good, but I just, I worry about Joe Burrow in a playoff situation and, you know, and, and this would be his, I think his first playoff game. Yeah. Um, and I know he's proven that he can win big games. I mean, he's won a national championship, but you know, the NFL is a little bit different and Raiders are coming in hot, you know, and they played a really good game against a really good chargers team. So um, I'm, I'm just concerned Burrow's going to put up a dud, man. He's done it a couple times this year. And I, I just, I'm going to put my money on the Raiders this time. All right. Um, hold on real quick. We got breaking news. We have a touchdown in the college championship game. Georgia just scored a one yard touchdown. So damn it. God, Johnny shaking his head. All right. Um, so here's the game of the week, I think, and that's going to be Patriots and Bills round three uh, of these two teams. They This is the rubber match. Um, I think this could go either way, but I'm going to have to maybe say the Bills home field advantage and Mac Jones being inexperienced first playoff game. I'm going to have to go with, uh, with the bills on this one. Anyone disagreeing? Not yeah. I got the bills. I'm going Patriots. Man, you're going lone wolf again, man. I think Belichick has seen this team twice. He's going to have a really good defensive plan where, you know, I feel like this is going to be a Georgia Alabama score for, uh, in this kind of game. 
um, you know, low scoring. And I think he'll only let Mac Jones do what Mac Jones does complete short passes, move the ball when he needs to. But if it's a close game, I'm going to put, I'm going to put my money on the Patriots. Okay. Um, going on to Sunday, Eagles, Bucks, Buccaneers across the board here. Yes. Yeah. I'm not yep. going lone wolf here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, another interesting matchup here. Um, 49ers, Cowboys, do Cowboys, yep. do Cowboys nope. get the, the boogeyman nope. off their shoulder or do the Cowboys, nope. Cowboys themselves? No, nope. I like 49ers. I really do. Um, I don't have any faith in Mike. So the McCarthy. Cowboys are going to Cowboys themselves. Like Cowboys are going to Cowboys. Jerry Jones is going to Jerry Jones on his, in his post-game press conference, blaming yeah. everybody <laughs> under this, blaming everybody under the sun besides, uh, besides himself. Um, I just like the 49ers. I think this is a really tough matchup for them. I, I do like the Cowboys a lot. Um, they've been playing really good football the whole season, basically, but I just don't trust them in big games in the playoffs and the 49ers defense, man, they, the 49ers formula to win games is perfect for what, um, to go against the Cowboys. Basically they're solid defensively. They could run the ball. Um, they don't pass much, but when they do, I mean, Debo Samuels is a weapon and, um, I think the 49ers are going to give the Cowboys fits. That was my, that was my upset of the week, basically. I'm gonna, Johnny, I'm gonna go Cowboys. Johnny was Johnny was shaking his fingers there. You you're going with the Cowboys, Johnny? Yeah. Cowboys all the way. America's all team. Right. Yep. Okay. Um Steelers Chiefs, I think we're across the board here, Chiefs. Sorry, Julie. Yes. Yeah. Um that that might be a bloodbath. Um, bad. And then surprisingly, we get a Monday night playoff game, which is fucking weird. But whatever, it's three day three days of football, so I'm not gonna complain about it. Cardinals Rams, another interesting game. Um, Cardinals are actually the best road team in football, mm-hmm. and I feel like the Rams are gonna implode because they almost imploded the other night against the 49ers. So the 49ers get, are a good team. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, this whole division—they so, play each other hard. So I'm the taking Cardinals. the Cardinals. On, I'm taking the Cardinals on that one. I got the Rams. Uh, I think I think the Rams. Well, I don't I don't know this. I mean, it's a coin flip. It really it Cardinals really is. put up like 35 points a game the, on the road. The over under right now is 51 points. Everybody's expecting them to be, expecting it to be a shootout. I just for some reason, I like this Rams team. Um, I don't trust Matthew Stafford in the playoffs, which is something um, I mean, obviously, Detroit knows a lot about, about. shout out Bob Pants. Um, but I don't know. I'm picking the Rams. I have no good reason for. If there was ever a do not touch game yeah. in all of betting history, I feel like this is the game because it's just, God, man, it, it is a coin toss. I mean, the Cardinals are coming in playing really like shitty football to end the end the year. You know, I think they started yeah. 10 and one um, and, you know, just really kind of shit the bed the second half of the year, the, the last, you know, quarter of the year. Um, the Rams are kind of going in just, mediocre and i don't know if y'all know this but matthew stafford leads the league in interceptions uh he was right there with trevor lawrence they both had 17 on the year uh so a little bit concerning you know and i I think peter you're right i would be concerned with matthew stafford in the playoffs i mean when you got him leading the 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 league in interceptions with a, a rookie quarterback that plays for jacksonville i think that's pretty alarming um if i had a pick i'm i'm gonna go with the cardinals here but I don't feel good about it. I will say I have nothing real X's and O's to say about the game. 
if I was a fan of the Cardinals or the Rams, I'd be mad that they're playing Monday night. But as a general football fan, I love this Monday night playoff game. I know this is the first year they're doing it. I thought, great idea. Give me Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and just roll that out throughout the playoffs. I like that idea. Let's go. Yeah, three days in a row of football. I'm never going to complain about. So um, wish I was drinking to enjoy those games, but dry January. So I guess got a couple more playoff games to think maybe for the conference championships. I'll call that a month. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're good on our picks. Um, let's, uh, let's bump some people here. Um, so we can wrap up the show here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off here. Um, my, my MVB and we, none of us brought it up during the bears ranting and raving, but my MVB is Olin Krutz. Yes. That dude speaks truth to power and he basically told George McCaskey go fuck himself you all, you lowballed me on a on a shitty job, and then you called me a liar in front of the media and everything. And honestly, that doesn't get, give the Bears a bad a good or I should give the Bears a good look when they're calling out like popular former players and calling them liars when they're trying to pr- interview prospective GMs and head coaches. I like, mean, George McCaskey, idiot. Put his, George McCaskey put his foot in his mouth. In his mouth, what a surprise. But Jason, I, I'm glad you mentioned Olden Krutz because we mentioned it um, on our Twitter feed. You had, we had shared the clip. Dude, I like Olin, Olin Krutz. He gives a fuck about this franchise. Maybe give him a shot. Obviously, it's not going to happen now. They're going head to head. You owe me money or you, you allegedly offered me, lowballed me in this and that. So it's not going to happen anymore. But I like Olin Krutz. He's a proven leader. He's proven that he gives a fuck. I mean, he'll fight you if you don't give a fuck. So... Um, I like Olin Krutz. I wish they would have at least given him a shot um, somewhere in their front office. I'm not saying give him the GM role, but give him a shot in the front office. Um, but yeah, it's too late now. They fucking, he's probably not allowed in the Hales Hall anymore. Yeah. Um, and my, my bum of the week um, is me for um, tweeting that I wanted a tie Mm-hmm. in the Chargers and Raiders game, mm-hmm. even though I'm not the only one who did it. I mm-hmm. felt I felt swift and harsh wrath. Mm-hmm. So I I tweeted out the, the, the Tom Jones Simpsons meme of, yes, that's right, wave and smile, everything's fine. And, and the knee. And, and the... the I'm happy the Steelers are in the playoffs. That's right, that's, Jason James. That's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna end it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll go next, Peter, because I feel like you want to piggyback on that. Yeah, so I'll go with my bum of the week. Is obviously not only you were gonna be the bum of the week, and this was by um, orders um, of my wife Julie. <laughs> she was. Like you had mentioned, execute order 66. Um, it was going to be you and then my future brother-in-law, although that's up for debate now because Julie might kill Chris Billy King. Um, he was right there with you on, on Twitter, hoping for a tie and hoping for chaos. And as soon as Julie sniffed that out, she was not happy with old Billy boy. Um, and I know, I don't know, he's obviously... Um, new to the family. I don't think he realized 
what a freaking hornet's nest he stepped into. Um, <laughs> Julie lives, breathes, dies with the Steelers team. And she knows that they're not the best team in the world, but she wants their season to be as prolonged as long as possible because obviously the whole Ben thing and, and just being a fan of that team, she wants to see them in the playoffs and good for them. Obviously um, a, a side note, Mike Tomlin, he is a miracle worker at this point. I don't know what that guy, how he manages to just get his team to barely squeak by and, and compete for as much as he does because for him to make this team into the playoffs is, is, like I said, a miracle worker, but yes, Billy, you're our bum of the week. Um, and that's the least of your worries because um, <laughs> if you're listening, you've got, you, you're going to have to bend the knee as well. Jason, you already have Billy. You're next. You're uh, persona non grata in the, in the baloney household for, for, for the time being. Dude, you were, you were two seconds away from pulling the forest gump mean of running down, running out the house down the road. I text you. Dude, that Sunday night game had us had me sweating and I had no horse in the race. Obviously, I'm invested in the Steelers because of my wife. But Jesus Christ, if I was a fan of the Chargers, Raiders or Steelers, I might have puked, passed out, shit myself, all of the above. I can't believe how crazy that game went. Um, and it's obviously what Roger Goodell wanted, right? Like, like with this extra playoff spot and the extra game or the extra week in the season, everything's coming up millhouse for Roger Goodell, but Jesus Christ, I, we almost had a heart attack. We had coronaries, all of like, it was crazy in this household. That Staley calling that timeout, man, just, he fucked the chargers. Dude, shout out Justin Herbert, man. Holy shit. Like what horseshoe up his ass. I don't know if he's the best quarterback I've ever seen or the worst, like one through third down, because why don't you play every down like it's fourth down? They they converted every fourth down for the better part of fucking fourth quarter and overtime. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, that's gonna go. To, that's gonna be one of those like NFL's greatest games in a couple of years. Yeah. So I told Julie the the thirty for thirty they're gonna have about this game, interviewing Steelers players, Raiders players, and Chargers players all about the, the, those like three and a half hours of football is going to be awesome. But yeah, so that's, uh, those are my, uh, my bums of the week, uh, Billy, basically in my MVB. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had it. Um, America's dad. Bob Saget. Yeah. yeah I, for, I had a tweet. I got to give a shout out to, and we haven't been on a uh, Betty white. Yeah. R. Betty R. White. as well. And now Bob, oh, Bob Saget. Saget. I, I had Sidney a tweet Portier. out there. Yeah. Bob Saget. We're talking Bob Saget right now. America's dad. Um, I had a tweet out there. He's been a formidable part, part of my life since I was 10 years old. I said like full, I loved full house as a kid and we all did. Like I thought his, uh, his vacuum, uh, vacuuming a vacuum with a dustbuster was like peak comedy when I was 10 years old. And then I saw him at uh, Purdue university with my buddy, Rick, um, when we were like 20, 21 years old. And that's when we realized what Bob Saget really was. <laughs> and I thought that was peak comedy talking about hookers and blow and, and talking about uncle Jesse in the, in the green rooms and stuff like that. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And then obviously um, his honorage cameos and like the aristocrats and everything like that. He was just a part of my life for 30 years. 
Um, and, and that's, that goes for everybody that goes for everybody, um, in our age bracket. So when we saw, when I saw the news, TMZ broke it, that he was found dead in his hotel room. It was just a sad day. He was, um, he's awesome. That's it. He's America's dad. America's dad. He was the, he was the true meme God before the internet. America's these videos, man. Yes. Yep. Um, Jenny, you're next. Um, my MVB uh, will have to be DeMar DeRozan. Fuck um, yeah. Dude has been averaging, well, 30 points almost every single game. Um, had back-to-back uh, game-winning shots. Um, the Indiana one and then against Washington, back-to-back nights. Nobody's ever done that in NBA history. Um, I mean, this guy's just – and for some, uh, some of the writers, some of the other people that were saying that this was like one of the worst – uh, signings in the NBA, man, is he shutting everybody up right now? Because the Bulls right now are the talk of the town again. Uh, like since the Derrick Rose uh, days, I mean, they're just one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Granted, they lost a game against Dallas. So what? It's going to happen. They're going to lose a game. They're not going to lose. They're not going to win every single game. Um, Dallas is a pretty good team. So, um, but man, Demar, Demar is just playing out of his mind right now. Um, just a, a good team player. Um, and a good player outside um, the, the organization as well, too. I, um, obviously, you guys saw that he went with Io with his uh, jersey ceremony as well, too. He didn't have to do that. I mean, that drive is like four hours. You, me and Peter w- dr- drove down Champaign one time. It's, it's, it's a very long drive from Chicago. So he didn't have to do that. But he said he's a really big fan of Io. Um, so, I mean, he's just a great teammate all around. Um, so, yeah, he's my MVP. And um, speaking of uh, that particular situation, um, my what a bum is uh, Draymond Green. And I don't know if you saw Draymond Green's uh, tweet out. Um, and I, I know it had, it, had partic- it had particularly to do with IO. So let me read it to you guys. It says, I'm not a big suit and tie guy. Wearing a suit doesn't make you smart, nor does it mean you're a good business person. But to all the young brothers out there getting their jerseys retired, Dress yourself up. Those picks will live forever. That brand you're wearing won't. Now, this guy is telling about fashion to somebody else. When this dude, have you ever seen the way this dude dresses when he's out? (laughs) This guy has no business, no business whatsoever giving advice to somebody else about dress attire. This guy once came to a outing just wearing like a, a, a nice, um, pretty much tuxedo like kind of like a suit and then he was wearing shorts like i mean the guy just doesn't know how to dress i don't know why he's bringing shit up as far as that and plus two i mean this is i don't think anybody gives a shit what whoever's wearing what at their jersey ceremony whatsoever i mean yeah that's who they used to be something back in the day um i mean people used to wear suits all the time now that everybody's attire is so different now nowadays that I don't think really cares, especially at a college, uh, you know, Jersey night um, or, or Jersey ceremony where they're the raising. I know this was at IO. He didn't mention the name, but that he was the only one that was that had that particular ceremony. Um, to me, I don't care whatever I was wearing. He, I, you know, he deserves what, you know, that, that ceremony. I mean, he's doing really good in the game bear right now. A lot of people did not see this coming except for me. 
because uh, I've seen the way that IO plays. I've been saying this shit and preaching that. So this is no surprise to anybody else but me um, that this guy's been out of, playing out of his mind. But um, but yeah, Draymond Dram- Green, you have no business telling somebody else how to dress when you dress like a fucking bum. So you are my what a bum. One thing yeah. I want to piggyback off of Johnny's thing, because I do want to mention IO. Um, I know they lost that game against the Mavericks, but the way Io was defending Luka Doncic, I don't know if you noticed that he was throwing fits and that's just a sign of good times to come because Io has um, quickly developed into a premier defender. And Johnny had mentioned that, that he could play defense and, and everything else that would fo- would follow um, his offense. But if he could lock down Luka like that, and and give them fits. It's it's a very good sign of things to come. And then you had mentioned the uh, the tuxedo and shorts combo. That's just uh, the classic Richie Rich look, right? Or Pat McAfee. Whatever. He's just yeah. getting advice to somebody else. There, so. I don't All know right, if John. You can hear you through the size of his teeth. You might want to say it louder. <laughs> John, take uh, us home. Yeah. So I'm gonna my uh, MVB. I think. <laughs> Peter touched on it earlier, man. I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, I've lived in Pittsburgh, you know, in, in anybody who follows the Steelers or is, has close ties to the actual city of Pittsburgh knows that this guy gets shit on more than anybody in all of football. And he's had a winning resume his entirety of his career in Pittsburgh. And it, it blows my mind that Steelers fans are just so quick to cut bait with Mike Tomlin. And I mean, what he did with the Steelers team this year is incredibly impressive. You know, there's no true number one wide receiver. They had a rookie running back, probably a worse offensive line than the Chicago bears, which is just mm-hmm. blows my mind. And they were still able to sneak their way into a very crowded AFC North. Um, so my, my MVB is going to go to Mike Tomlin, man. I, if Pittsburgh is, if they're not going to give him credit, I got to give it up for Tomlin, man. Cause, and not only that, did you see him in uh, uh, Claypool's uh, Insta live? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, he was dancing. He, he deserved it. Nuts, he could man. dance he up a storm. It. I loved it. I loved every second of it. So good for him. Not only that, I mean, dude was able to identify when players were on their way, their, their way out to, I mean, look at AB, my God, you know, no, just the, we, we mentioned that before the, yeah. the fact that he kept them in line for nine seasons or yeah. whatever it was that we was there. That's a miracle worker unto itself because yeah. it's crazy between that and Le'Veon Bell, like yep. keeping those guys in line for as long as he did. Um, yeah. And I, John, I, I'm glad you mentioned it because the Steelers fans, as much as uh, obviously love Julie, um, they're very, very spoiled. And I, it's one of Super those things is like, it's like, you don't know what you got until it's gone. And yeah. if somehow for some crazy way, they get rid of Mike Tomlin, um, it, I think it's going to hurt them big time because it's crazy. It's crazy. He just doesn't get the respect of other coaches. Well, um, and he just, he's so damn good. You know, and it's funny too, because, you know, they have a history of just hiring coaches for like two to three decades at a time, you know, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, those guys yeah, just won't. like, they just retire, you know, they don't get fired. They just, they, they retire. And it's so funny because they were super critical of Cower. And as soon as Cower was gone and Tomlin came in, they were begging for, for Cower. So you're right. As soon as he's gone, I mean, Hey, if, if they want to cut bait, I'll gladly take him in Chicago, bring immediately, him, bring him right down. That's the coach you bring in. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with him. And then my, uh, my, what a bum man, I, 
I know I have said it in other podcasts, but I feel like I need to keep going at it. It's, it's Karen Rogers again, man. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I am, you know, I told you at the beginning of the cast, I'm currently in COVID protocols. Uh, I listened to Aaron Rodgers. I took ivermectin and I'm now just taking some really massive real life horse shits and I can't figure <laughs> out why. Um, no, just all kidding aside. I mean, I didn't take ivermectin. I'm not an idiot. Uh, anyway, trashing hub, man. I, you know, I get, I get what hub was saying as far as like his vote. And I don't know if it should be redacted, you know, to the sense that like, Hey, if you're putting personal opinion into voting for MVP, MVP or anything like that, but I get what he was saying. The dude is not, he, he's not a good team. It doesn't seem like he's a good teammate, right? You know, he's more concerned with like everything that's going on in Aaron Rodgers' world than he is his own team. And, and maybe I'm off base, but I mean, the fact that you got, you know, rumors coming out that, you know, he would boycott the Super Bowl had they made it, you know, if he's got to play in, in Los Angeles, you know, if he's got a test for COVID and then he's saying he's not, and then, you know, he's just putting out all these boycott hashtags. I'm just so sick of this and boycott bums. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. I'm so sick of him playing the victim for being such an asshole. You don't get to be an asshole. You don't get to like claim that cancer cancel culture is coming after you because you're choosing to be a dick. Like that's, yeah, it's not cancel culture. You're being a dick and people are calling you out for being a dick. Like that's yeah. end of story. So he's, he's going to be my, my, uh, what a bum pretty much every time you have me on the cast, even in the offseason. I mean, even <laughs> I if he doesn't it. do anything, I I'm going it. Karen Rogers, 10 out of 10. Cause fuck we that. might have I, you on every week just for the bum segment. Let's do it. I'll I am. Uh, I'll, dig, I'll dig into his past. Let's go. I am. Dissenting he fucked it up on with the, Olivia on the, I'm dissenting on the, on the hub stuff. I think, I think hub was way off base. It's not, you don't vote for the nicest guy. You vote for the best player. And Hold on. No, I no, get no, it. I agree. I agree, I agree with you. Hub. I, He's our like he's our old man yells at clouds. Like I can make fun of <laughs> Hub Arkish because I hate him and I think he's outdated and like sure. you know like he's just not he's freaking seventy years old at this point and he's just not what I would look for in in you know media. But like I said, he's our old man, so I get to make fun of Hub Arkish. You Aaron Rodgers don't get the column of bum and you don't you don't get the hashtag boycott bums because like we said you're the one being a dickhead about all of this for the better part of a season now and like you said if if he wants to complain about cancel culture john you you nailed it it's not cancel culture when you're just a fucking dumbass and the the thing about aaron Rodgers, i didn't i all right hand up I'll, i'll admit it right now on the field i always called him the boogeyman and we hate him and stuff like that I didn't think he was this much of a dickhead. I always thought he was kind of like, I thought he was kind of cool to be, to be honest up until this season. And I love the Pat McAfee show. I, I, I listen to it either at work or, or on the drive home and stuff like that on YouTube and stuff. Um, he comes off as such a condescending know-it-all and it's crazy. Like you're an NFL quarterback. You're not this freaking like, political um like philosophy like it's just like he reads two books and now he thinks he knows everything about the world and it's like shut the fuck up dude you don't 
Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm still seeing the same amount of State Farm commercials. So I, I really don't understand like when he's crying cancel culture, when we're still seeing his face like literally everywhere. So he's he's not getting canceled. People are calling him out for his bullshit and he deserves it. You know, and, and also, man, let's throw Pat McAfee into what a what a bum, too, because he continues to have this dude on his show to spread information and to be a jag off and be this arrogant prick that like you said, who thinks he knows it all, you know, where are the people there that are, uh, shut up and dribble, right. When every time LeBron yeah. James gives a political opinion, where are those people now? Like, Ky- I'm just, Kyrie Irving. He's yeah. basically the NFL's Kyrie Irving and he just gets, he skates by. Um, that being said, and I'm going to say it for as much as Aaron Rodgers can be a headache. He did do some good stuff with the Barstool Fund, and also he did donate a very nice gift to Parker Dickinson. Um, Dickerson, sorry. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but yep. he, he made a very nice gift to, to Parker after Jeff died. So, yeah, he gets a lot of shit, but he does he does do generous things. So, so does Not- Dave Portnoy, and Dave Portnoy is also an asshole, so... <laughs> you no. know it doesn't it doesn't make your your wrongs right when you do good things you know and, and i no, i'm just saying he he, he, just... he might he might be a jerk and all that stuff but you know he he did something nice for an 11 year old kid he doesn't even know yeah. so no that's true i'll give credit where credit's due all right and we're gonna end on that we 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 went a little long today we did a nice little 45 minutes of of bears ranting um and hopefully We'll have some good playoff talk next week, as well as some hopefully some good news. I eventually want to break down some of the Bears salary cap coming up here because we got a lot of impending free agents, and uh, a lot of them probably are not going to be resigned with the new regime here. So time to get younger, and we're going to break it all down. So, uh, Cousin John, then thank you for joining us again, giving us your fourth, Bears hot takes. Bomb. That's right. Appreciate it. it And make sure you subscribe to us on our our socials, and we will catch you guys next week. Good night, Javi. Hi, Javi.